The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Friday's here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark in today. Uh, loaded up for your Friday and the official, official announcement from Coach Rule on Donnie Riola and uh, Coach White. Uh, we'll get to that. More on the 3-3-5. We'll get Bill Dolman's take and Brady Altman's thoughts in hour two, it's a naughty or nice Friday, and uh, the uh, the list is in Clausburn's hands. He's imaginary. He wears red. We do this every December, where Claus hands out gifts to uh, folks on his naughty and nice list. In hour one, excited to spend time with Henry Lutowski, a Husker offensive lineman, and Dave Haysbrook from Pipeline Jerky. Uh, there is going to be a uh, autograph session tomorrow at Alumni Hall, 1120 P Street from noon to two. So can go get uh, and meet uh, the Husker offensive line there and try some cool beef jerky. Uh, really good flavors, even a pork beef jerky that uh, sounds really outstanding. I may have to get uh, about four cases of that to, to satisfy my taste for uh, salty goodness. Daddy Burke, Pride of Chicago, VEASAN Sports Network is with us this hour as well. Numbers to get in can join us on Hale Varsity Radio at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. We're streaming live the Hale Varsity YouTube channel up and active can comment and uh, interact with the show that way as we're live four to six can also stream us on twitter with espn lincoln twitter and also the hale varsity twitter handle at h varsity radio give that a follow and uh, can always watch uh coffee and cream in the morning damon and andrew seven to nine espn lincoln facebook also streaming live elijah connor uh tis the season and uh more gifts Keep on giving this holiday season with uh, the news cycle. And uh, you put a poll question together, Elijah. Let's uh, lay that out there for folks they can vote on. Well, yeah, so the, the poll question, which is currently up on uh, at HVarsity Radio on Twitter, uh, goes a little something like this. What surprised you the most from the past week in Husker news? Was it that Nebraska-Creighton game on Sunday? Was it Rule deciding to retain Donovan Ryle as offensive line coach? Or was it Rule going out and hiring Tony White, bringing the 3-3-5 defense to Lincoln? And early results are about a half hour in this poll. We got 
uh, about 50 votes in right now. So go get your votes in to make your voice heard. But right now, the, the leading candidate is in Nebraska and Creighton with just over 50% of the vote. And uh, in a close second, 48% of the vote is uh, Matt Rule retaining Donovan Raiola. So those seem to be the, the two biggest surprises. Whereas I think there was a lot of people out there yesterday that, that seemed a little surprised that the three three five defense would be coming to Lincoln. Yet it is trailing far behind Raiola and Nebraska Creighton in uh, the the votes right now. So get your votes in, make your voice heard, and we'll we'll talk about that. But that's uh that's uh, where we're at right now in terms of uh, what people are thinking. So it seems like the most surprising thing from the past week is Nebraska and Creighton. And uh, based on what we said last Friday whenever we predicted this game, predicting Creighton to win by 20, I think all of us did. I said uh, 30. Yeah, I, I think I that like may be the most surprising idiot. for us as well. <laughs> You're all right, but uh, Fred will not give you free pizza tomorrow. Junior That's okay. is being shot here on camera. We're in and, Michigan uh, State. Am I a bad oh. parent? This is a, a, yes. a Christmas gift from years past, but his mother got it for him. Dude, go wipe your nose. All right? That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> we can't do a close-up there. It would frighten everybody. Um, so we are loaded up today. Good stuff on the show. You've got the poll question, and we'll get thoughts on that. Uh, free pizza, Nebraska number four, Purdue tomorrow. That tips off at 115. Giant opportunity for Nebraska there, so we can uh, get into that. But uh, the official statement, guys, let's start there. We'll run down the official visitors list this weekend as well. Big recruiting weekend for Nebraska with some portal targets as well as uh, the 2023 prospects that are making a return visit. But we look at uh, specifically uh, this paraphrasing rules, comments, on Coach White, Coach Riola, high energy, two high energy guys, uh, great players uh, in their own right, and then they're guys that develop players and bring in high-level talent. Those are kind of the three pillars as to why one's been retained and another was hired away as Syracuse freaks out. They also lost their offensive coordinator. But there, there's been fascination with this 3-3-5 and as you bump into people or you get emails or you're buying something at the grocery store, it's fair to say there's been backlash with the 335, uh, putting it mildly, putting it nicely. And I don't quite have the backlash. Uh, get your take, Elijah. Get your take, Connor. And I guess my thought is this. Uh, it's, it's about trust. And, and Nebraska fans have had their heart and their trust shattered, okay? (laughs) You trust people in a position of power to make great hires. Doesn't always work, and and it hasn't worked for Nebraska the last couple athletic directors when they've made changes, okay? They went and and picked, as it turns out, the complete wrong guys for Nebraska football. Trev Alberts has been here a year, all right, or, or working on a year. And it comes down to, do you trust Trev making the right call? And, and, and time will tell if Matt rules a slam dunk hire when Nebraska's had anything but a slam dunk hire during the last few coaching searches and coaching cycles. So it, the math adds up to rule working in Lincoln because he's worked – it, it, it passed stops. Uh, and with with Matt Rule, 
is is he a guy you trust to make hires? Do you think he's a good football guy? Did he bring in past guys he's worked with? Yes. Did he bring in his entire staff from Carolina, a la Central Florida and Scott Frost? No. Uh, he's made an outside hire at defensive coordinator, which gets us back to the reaction to three three five. And I liken it to to Coach McBride shifting from a from a five two or a three four to that that four three. But it was tweaked, and it was tweaked for speed. It was tweaked for speed with how they went about it. They had a safety playing middle linebacker and Ed Stewart. That was different, but they could still stop the run. They had guys that could have been outside linebackers that ended up at defensive ends, Wistrom and, and Tomich, to name a couple of guys. And then you had other safeties, uh, Terrell Farley, who's incredible, Jamel Williams, that were outside, uh, that, that played the outside linebackers, and they were still able to be physical enough and stop the run. I know that's 25 to 30 years ago, but this has happened before, at least uh, a different take on a traditional defense. And there's a lot of defenses that, that play the three three five. It's how you go about doing it and what type of personnel you can get in it. It's always about execution, and it's always about development. And I guess my take here, despite the backlash or maybe the vocal minority anti-335, is uh, White's done well. White's risen in the coaching profession. White's been tutored by some really well-respected folks. And you get the right folks here or use what you got, get them built up and developed, it can be okay. And the biggest thing for me is you're going to have and you will have a changing landscape in the Big Ten. Big Ten is not going to be just go win the West or survive the West to get to Indy. It's whatever pods happen to be or what your schedule look like, there's going to be more and more Offenses that look like USC and UCLA and Wisconsin's going air raid and Purdue. I know they're kind of in a mess now without Brom, but more the Ohio States and Penn States where it's not just line up and smash mouth football. So you're still going to have to win those Saturdays against Iowa and Minnesota. You need to anyway, but that's not going to be your norm potentially on the schedule. This can work. You just got to give it a little time. And I think, um, I think Coach Rule knows what he's doing. Whether I'm right or wrong with that faith, if you're a Nebraska fan, we'll know here in a couple of years if they're bowling or not. Well, how I see this move with another 24 hours of, of research and being able to think about it some more is I think Matt Rule sees this a little bit as the future of football. Football is always changing in that sense where – different schemes come to dominate and then different defenses come about to stop that and the offenses have to adjust. There's a constant shift in college football. And you think back to the late 90s, the early 2000s, that's whenever the, the, the 4-3 really dominated the game of football. And it's because it stopped that, that pro-style attack that was really starting to become prominent in college football where you're going single-back formation, you're handing the ball off, you're using some West Coast uh, concepts with your passing game. And the 4-3 the did a really good job stopping that. And then offenses adjusted. They started moving to the spread. And defense is naturally adjusted by going to the 3-4. Uh, move a, a defensive end who has got a little more weight on him, change him into an outside linebacker, give him some more speed, give him some coverage opportunities, help slow down that spread offense. And I think Matt Rule is seeing the 3-3-5 as something of, of the future uh, of defensive schemes in college football because of how many different types of offenses it can stop. And I'm sure there's going to be changes in, in football in the next five years or so that are going to 
uh, change what the 3-3-5 defense has to do. But you see a lot more defenses moving to this within the past five years or so. When you look at Brent Venables at Clemson and now at Oklahoma, he runs more of a 4-2-5, but it kind of looks like a 3-3-5 with how they like to stand up a defensive end slash outside linebacker. That's kind of a 3-3-5 as well. Uh, you look at Syracuse, who Tony White did great there with the 3-3-5. Baylor's been running a 3-3-5 slash 4-2-5. Iowa State's been running a 3-3-5. It's been really helping these teams that have to defend a multitude of different offenses. And I think this is Matt Rule's reaction of saying, you know what, I think the 3-3-5 could be something. I think it could be more of the future in college f- football uh, with how much teams like to spread it out and throw the ball around while still mixing in that, that power rushing attack where you have a guy who can cover a tight end just the same as he can go up and uh, cover a, a slot wide receiver or go up and stop the run. It's supposed to be versatile and I think this is Matt Rule thinking, you know what, this is going to be the future of defenses in college football and we need to adjust, get with the times and be prepared for a, a Big Ten that's going to have a multitude of different offenses trying to attack you in different ways. Well, yeah, it's evolving with the conference, and I like that you brought that up, Schmitty, too, is just because you bring in those West Coast concepts, as you alluded to, Elijah, with USC and UCLA. And even Ohio State throws in some West Coast concepts as well. They they have probably the most multiple offense in the Big Ten. And so you have to be prepared to face really a different style every week, and you mentioned the versatility of the 3-3-5 and what that can be, and we've seen it at Syracuse, as you mentioned. But um, it'll definitely be interesting to see how – you know, rule not only involves the defense, but how he evolves as well as a coach as the Big Ten evolves with no more divisions. As Chris said earlier, you can't just survive the West anymore coming up to try and get to Indy. So this this seems like a long term play um, defensively, and let's see how it works out with the three three five in in the Big Ten conference. Well, and the the, the reality is this: Will the offense have an answer for you? For the longest time, Nebraska's defense has been searching for an answer against the great teams in Ohio State or Michigan. And part of it, too, has been they've not had their own answer on offense. And this is a a popular thought. And Randy chimes in here on the stream yard. The 3-3-5 will absolutely get steamrolled by Big Ten offensive line. It was designed as a spread-beating defense where you utilize unders- undersized, faster linemen. Well, well, that's, what uh, Coach, uh, that's what Coach McBride did 30 years ago. Well, there's something and I want to bring had up the person, Yeah, they had the personnel to stop the run, and it worked. You're going to have to hope you hit the same jackpot that Chuck did. I will say... The one thing I disagree with in the statement is it's not designed as a spread-beating defense, but it has evolved into a spread-beating defense. It was really designed to stop those those pro-style attacks along with the 4-3 in the late 90s. That's what this evolved out of, was supposed to stop offenses that like to, to go about 50-50, hand the ball off on your running downs and throw the ball on your passing downs. It was supposed to stop both just the same. And uh, I wouldn't call it a spread-beater, but that's what it's evolved into with, with the, the type of, of – programs that have adopted it, the, the ACCs, the, the Pac-12s, the Big 12s of the world. That's what it's become. That's what it's done really well over the past five years, but that's not what it originally was, and I, I can't disagree with what Randy says. Yeah, it, it is a right now at the moment a spread-beating defense, but I think a good defensive coordinator can tinker with it, can make some adjustments to it within the Big Ten Conference and make it more back to its roots where it, it is able to stop offenses that are really balanced and like to, to run the ball as much as they throw the ball. It comes down to what can Tony White tinker with in his defense because I think the way he ran it at Syracuse was not conducive to the Big Ten, but the question is is how do you exactly. tinker and what kind of, of rural influence and, and, and film study can Tony White do this offseason in order to tinker with his defense to make it fit 
the, the Big Ten offenses that it's going to be going up against. But it, it wasn't designed to be a spread beater. That's just one thing I He had to beat to Clemson, and he had to beat Pitt, mm-hmm. where he was living. Who's on the phone real quick? Uh, there was just an empty line, just a lot of oh, static. Oh, sadness. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. I hate no, to be the bearer good. of bad news. Hey, good news is Henry Lutowski is going to be signing autographs along with his mates at Alumni Hall tomorrow, 1120 P Street. Pipeline Jerky is going to have all sorts of goodies there. We'll sit down uh, with Dave Hayes, uh, Hayesbrook and, uh, and Henry here coming up on Hale Varsity next segment. Uh, their thought on uh, not only uh, what you can do to get some holiday shopping done for that Husker fan, but also... Uh, get taken care of uh, with um, just what Henry's take is on Riola's retention and uh, and Coach Rule coming in. Uh, speaking of holiday specials, you can get taken care of with Hale Varsity Magazine and .com. Get uh, the subscription now, com backslash subscribe. The user code GBR gets you $10 off. Henry Lutowski up next to Hale Varsity presented by Currency. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency and pretty awesome event coming up here Saturday at Alumni Hall downtown location 1120 P Street. The pipeline will be there. Henry Latoski, of course, you see him on screen, part of the uh, Nebraska offensive line. And uh, Dave Haysbrook also uh, joining us in with Pipeline Jerky. So get all your Christmas shopping done, uh, Nebraska fans, uh, Saturday from noon to 2, downtown location, Alumni Hall. Uh, Henry, thanks for your time. Dave, thanks for your time. I want to start off with how uh, how uh, the offensive line and, and uh, Pipeline Jerky kind of met tell us that quick story fellas i'll let you go first dave yeah yeah happy to start and then i'll, I'll pass to henry so uh you know th- the short end of it is you know as nil uh was created uh we saw it as a huge opportunity for nebraska to really climb back up to where you know the the story program that we thought it could be because they're taking advantage of nebraska fan and the passion and the financial resources that the state has and so we threw a ton of different ideas uh you know at the wall trying to find something that we thought would, would work and we saw two uh, real gaps in the overall NIL landscape. Uh, one of them was, as NIL was really starting to to evolve, um, what was starting to rise to the top was this was just large boosters who were writing big checks into collectives, uh, and they weren't taking advantage of the broad fan base themselves, like the passionate fan base that wanted to contribute. And the second gap that we saw was most of the money was flowing towards quarterbacks, wide receivers, you know, the, the specialty or the you know playmakers, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we saw another gap of you know players like in the, on the offensive line that we. Uh, 
we thought we could make a competitive advantage for Nebraska. Uh, and so my, my best friend from home is my business partner, Zach Lubeck. Couldn't be here today because he just had a baby this week. Um, but he his family owns a pork plant. So they decided, uh, what if we came out with a jerky? Um, you know, their pork plant's called Quality Pork International. They said, what if we came out with a jerky that was focused on the offensive line uh, and dedicated to the, the boys up front and create a brand around it to create a competitive advantage for Nebraska uh, to you know brand it the way that there's no other business like this that exists. Uh, and so this would be, you know, become a recruiting advantage for us. So that was really the genesis of it. We reached out to uh, ABM. ABM got us in touch with guys like Henry and the offensive line. We pitched them on the idea. Uh, they loved the idea. We brought them out to the plant. They tasted the jerky. They've been an integral part of the process the entire way. We launched last week. Uh, and sales have been through the roof. We've been thrilled with it. Uh, we, you know, fan base here is unbelievable. And I think it's really uh, garnering a lot of attention because folks are able to contribute by beef jerky and, uh, you know, play a part of, of NIL. Uh, and so we've been thrilled and we're, we're honored that you guys are having us on. So we appreciate it, too, to help spread the word. Henry, real hard decision to, to say yes to jerky, true or false? False is pretty easy. Was it easier? Well, was it easier to say yes to this business deal or easier to grow the mustache? Because we're seeing it on camera here and anyone who watches this after the show online is going to see that that beautiful caterpillar on top of the lip. And I've been working on getting mine back here within the past couple of weeks. So what was more difficult for you? Probably saying yes to the jerky, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, let's talk a little bit about uh, Saturday noon to two at Alumni Hall. And Henry, you and a lot of your O-line mates are going to be there for an autograph session. And Dave, uh, a couple of flavors, correct, uh, that, that are going to be on hand for folks to sample. And then also purchase because uh, I know when, when mom and my mom or grandma and grandpa would uh, – put stuff in my stocking. I always smiled about beef jerky. <laughs> yeah, two flavors are going to be there. So we got our, our, our pork jerky, honey barbecue, and then the beef jerky, which is peppercorn, are the two flavors we've got out. We've got Hunter Anthony and Trent Hickson, Kevin Williams, Bryce Benhart are all going to be there. Uh, you know, we're thrilled to partner with Alumni Hall. They've been outstanding. And, uh, you know, we came up with this creative way to get, you know, the, the braised awareness for the pipeline jerky for the boys up front, uh, as well as to drive some uh, foot traffic into Alumni Hall. They're having a great sale this weekend. So, Thought it'd be a cool opportunity to combine kind of the two brands together, two great businesses, both trying to help the Huskers. And so uh, we're excited. We hope people will join us uh, tomorrow. Can can you quickly describe the the pork jerky to me? This is a question for both of you guys. I don't think I've ever had pork jerky before. I've had deer jerky. I've had beef jerky. Pork jerky is is new to me. What's the difference between something like pork jerky and and beef jerky? pork, baby. It sounds awesome. (laughs) Henry, Henry, what do you think of it? I don't know. I think it's like a completely different thing whereas your traditional beef jerky is you know kind of a, a lot saltier this uh really appeals to people that might not like that in my opinion and so with the honey barbecue it's got a very sweet flavor and it's also very tender compared to you know your traditional beef jerky yeah i would say that's like the feedback we've been getting is that the tenderness and the moisture of it is, has been outstanding and so we've, we've got some great feedback back from the pork uh, Dave with us here, Dave Haysbrook from uh, Pipeline Jerky, Henry Lutowski, uh, Husker Offensive Line, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, autograph session at Alumni Hall, uh, noon to 2, Saturday, 1120 P Street, the location. Henry, going to ask you a couple of thoughts on, on some changes you've been a part of. First reaction to Coach Riola, his return, and, and what he brought to the O-line last year. You know, I think he brought a – quite a different mentality to the offensive line where we're going to go and attack people. And I'm just excited to keep continuing to grow this thing with him and with all the guys we've been working hard all off season and it'll show come this fall.
Kushner, can you can you quickly tell me? I mean, with, with a such a a changing college football landscape with NIL and with transfer portal, with, with the coaching change coming in, it feels like that this isn't the college football that like at least I grew up watching. Of I'm a 23 year old, and even 15 years ago, the game of college football felt so different. And with the coaching change coming in, I'm sure there's the appeal of the transfer portal. What about Nebraska, and what about the opportunities it provides? Makes you want to stick around it and be a Husker. Above anything else, I love the fans. I'm not just going to turn my back on the people that have supported me. You know, all 90,000 Husker fans that come out to every single game and uh, thousands more watching at home. I'm not going to turn my back on those guys. If you show me loyalty, I'll show loyalty to you. You know, I could leave, but I'm not going to. It's plain and simple. I'm, I'm here to stay for the fans and for this place because it is so special. Henry, uh, let's spend a second on the offensive line and a number of guys back. Teddy, of course, coming off injury. Turner last year, you saw time for sure. Nuri back, Ben Hart, Piper. I mean, there, there's a lot of talent in that room. Uh, what's the conversation been like initially with, with Coach Rule? He's kind of a, a throwback offensive line coach. I mean, that's how he got his start in football. I mean – Above anything else, we're just going to keep working hard and improving. Um, we're nowhere n- near where we need to be, and we're nowhere near where we want to be. Uh, we set our goals high for a reason, and we plan on reaching those goals. Right now, we're just focused on blocking out all the outside noise and just getting better. Can you take me back to that, that Iowa game uh, with just what that meant to cap off a, a season that was, I'm sure, arduous, uh, a lot of uncertainty at the, at the end of this season. What was it like for you, the offensive line, and, and the team as a whole to go to go to Iowa City and go get a huge win? Well, personally, that game meant a lot for me. I grew up about 30 minutes away from Iowa City, so, I mean, I've always hated those guys. I still hate them. That, <laughs> that game means a lot. Um, but just as a team, you know, it was such a, such a rough season. It, it really showed our toughness that we can still, even through a coaching change and through injuries and through everything, we can still beat a team as disciplined and as physical as Iowa was. I have a lot of respect for those guys, even though I hate them. And it it kind of makes you go into the offseason thinking, you know, we can do this. Um, I mean, those guys are going to a bowl, all that other stuff. We kept them out of the Big Ten championship game, and we won. And so it just provides confidence and just the sort of energy that you can feel walking around the facility going into this offseason that we are close to where we need to be. And Dave, I want to flip the same question to you. I mean, you're a guy who's now in a unique position of A, being a Husker fan, but B, also working closely with some, some guys within the team. So what did that win, excuse me, that win mean to you? I mean, I think you could feel the, the entire momentum shift dramatically. You know, we felt it in the business. The other, you know, business I have, I run the Huskies um, Twitter account, which is the, the most followed Twitter account on, on the internet. And like, you could you could feel the, the tidal wave shift, the positive momentum that came from the Iowa game, the positive momentum that came from rule announcement, the positive momentum that has continued to build through the offseason. So, you know, and we're seeing it in the sales too. You know, we're seeing it in folks like really understand the business, they get it. They're coming in and, you know, trying to be a part of the change. But I would say that sea change really existed from the Iowa game. I thought it was an outstanding win uh, for the boys. And you could really feel it in, among the fan base. So, Henry, in an offseason full of change, what's it like having – I know we touched on Coach Royola a little bit earlier, but what's it like having a familiar face in your position room um, like during the, just so much turnover, whether that's players and or coaching staff? I mean, it means a lot just to have that guy that you already have the relationship with. I mean, 
he's been nothing short of a father figure to every single person in that room and having him around still is amazing. But I think more than anything else, we have each other to rely on. You know, we've got, we, we pride ourselves on being a group that's very close, close knit and together. And I mean, above anything else, no matter what we come through and no matter what challenges we face, we'll always stay together. Henry, touch on that chemistry. Who have you been able to bond with, and who are some guys on that O line that uh, that you're you're specifically close with, and and kind of leaned on one another this season? I mean, everybody. I mean, we've got. I mean, my roommates Turner and Bryce, but then everybody else, whether it's you know Piper to Teddy to Nuri, you know, all the way across the board. You know, Big Kev Hunter. I mean, everybody. Before we get you out here, I got a quick X's and O's question for you. The news from yesterday was Tony White, new defensive coordinator for Nebraska. And the 3-3-5 defense, there's been a lot of discussion around it. I want to get an offensive lineman's perspective. Have you had the chance to go up against a 3-3-5? Does, does it make all that much of a difference to you how you're playing? What, what type of front this defense is playing? Uh, it does. You know, traditionally, defense will play some sort of a 4-2. But uh, it really it, it, uh, it changes up a lot just based off of, you know, how our double teams go and where, you know, our blocks are going and the path of the back will change based on how they're playing their gaps. But we saw it at Oklahoma and it it worked very well. I have to admit, Um, you know, it's just another way of playing it. I mean, it's nothing really that new. I don't think, you know, like Husker fans should be like freaking out about it by any means, but um Husker fans never freak out about anything. We're always no, very, no, very no, calm. No. Very calm at all times. Six months, man. It's just been, uh, you know, sipping that scotch. It's all good. Uh, Alumni Hall, tomorrow, get there. If you're a Nebraska fan or you have a Husker fan in your life to shop, get there to get Pipeline Jerky, 1120 P Street from noon to 2. Henry Lutoski, members of the Nebraska offensive line. And, of course, uh, Dave Haysbrook. Uh, founder of Pipeline Jerky and, and also his Twitter account at Husk Guys. Give that a follow as long. Follow Pipeline Jerky as well on social media. Guys, look forward to doing this again. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to both of you. And thanks for jumping on here with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for having us on, guys. Thanks for having us. Merry Christmas. Good stuff. Uh, again, Alumni Hall, Henry Lutowski, uh, the Husker Offensive Line, Pipeline Jerky, and all sorts of Santa-approved specials going on uh, for Nebraska fans. Noon to 2, 11.20 P Street. Big thanks to Henry for uh, talking some O-line and, you know, that Iowa win, what it meant to those guys, and also uh, just the the reaction to the retention of Riola. So pretty cool. Elijah Herbal, it's Connor Clark, Chris Schmidt. Uh, best bets on the way with Danny Burke. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Time for Best Bets, a Friday edition with Danny Burke. VEASAN Sports Network at Danny Burke 5. Pride of Chicago, lots of NFL action to dive into. Thanks for switching the schedule up for us to today. And we'll kick off, bud, here with Cleveland and Cincy. Three and overs KC uh, is Mr. Burrow, but he has yet to beat Cleveland. How about it? 0-4 in his career against the Browns. And 
if there's a time where you feel like he can kind of get over that hump, it's got to be this game, right? I mean, since he's finally on a roll and it's not even that the offense is clicking, the defense has been playing tremendously well. That's kind of what we talked about last week and looking at how great Cincy's defense had been in the second half, and that's why I like teasing up the Bengals, and they end up winning the game outright. But, hey, I like them again this week, too, and it was kind of in an awkward spot because they're in that five spread, right? Like five, five and a half is always in such a weird spot that I typically look to avoid it because it's too low to tease it from six or above, and it's typically too high for me to kind of want to lay. But I do see the Bengals winning this game by at least a touchdown. I mean, Deshaun Watson did nothing last week and I don't think that's shocking when you realize that the dude had not played in about two years and all the narrative surrounding against his former team and I just don't see a viable path to trusting Deshaun Watson right now I mean I would honestly be more afraid if I were the Bengals if I were going against Jacoby Brissett he was on a rhythm he has the guys playing for him and now you bring in this guy who got loads of money and all this offseason nonsense, I just think it's a distraction. And, you know, they didn't even have an offensive touchdown in that game against the worst defense in the league. So now you get a Bengals team that's fighting for their division, fighting for a number one seed, and fighting to finally get Joe Burrow his first win over Cleveland. I think it's worth laying the five in that spot. Danny Burks with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. It's another edition of Burks Best Bets. And, Danny, let's stick in that noon window on Sunday. One of the more surprising spreads of the weekend is Lions and Vikings, where the Lions are a two-point home favorite. Yeah, this is, uh, this is pretty perplexing how you saw this line switch up from when you originally got it from Minnesota opening as the favorite, and then it switched to Detroit going as the favorite here. Uh, I like the idea of teasing up Minnesota. The last three times that these people have played, it's ended within a margin of 2.7 points, and Minnesota's won two out of three of those games. But Aside from teasing up Minnesota over the key number of seven, because, again, realistically, you think that, hey, if they're going to lose this game, it could probably be by a touchdown or less. Uh, I also like a rushing prop for Jamal Williams, too. I like him over 46.5 rushing yards at the price of minus 110. He's gone over that mark in 10 out of 12 games this season. And the last time he went up against uh, Minnesota, he had like 20 carries for 82 rushing yards and two touchdowns. So I'd also consider looking at him to get an anytime touchdown for a little bit of plus money. Uh, he's gotten it the last four games, and I just feel like that's their go-to guy when they get close to the pylon. So I would look at that, but more importantly, I like him over 46.5 rushing yards. The only way Minnesota will beat you is with their offense, so keep the ball out of Kirk's hands. How do you do that? Control time of possession and wind it down by handing off your top back in Jamal Williams. Danny, let's spend a minute here on uh, Ravens and Pittsburgh and also Kansas City, Denver. Uh, any ability, not to pour salt here, but uh, from a tease standpoint, my friend. Yeah, so, um, you know, Elijah's Broncos are just finding new ways to lose each and every week, and it's, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, the Raiders almost topped it on Thursday night, letting Baker step in after two days and winning the game, being up by so much, but... Uh, look, if you're Kansas City, if you can't beat this Denver team by three points or more, what are we doing? I mean, I know that Denver's defense is solid, and that's going to give them a little bit of hope like it's done in so many games. But Kansas City eventually is going to break through that defense. And then it comes down to what the Denver Broncos can do offensively. And, well, they have the worst red zone offense in the National Football League tied up with New England. So uh, they're just not going to be able to keep up. So Kansas City at 9.5, I know you got to lay a little bit more on the seven points, but I think it's worth it to get it down under three. So uh, I teased them down to two and a half. The other team I paired it with, with, uh, with was actually Buffalo when they were at nine and a half. I like them in the revenge spot against the Jets if you get them under three. But if they're at 10, it's, it's kind of a stay away at that point. Maybe wait for something in-game. So the teasers I did was Buffalo minus two and a half, 
Minnesota up to plus nine and a half, and then Buffalo minus two and a half again, and then Kansas City down to minus two and a half. Danny, last thought on here on NFL before we switch to some college football. Army-Navy is on Saturday. I want to get your thoughts on that. Let's talk Sunday night football. It's the game that replaced the Broncos and the Chiefs. The Broncos and Chiefs got flexed out of this spot. The Dolphins and Chargers got flexed in, and the Dolphins are a three-point favorite taken on the Chargers, who they're not healthy, but they're still dangerous. Yeah, I mean, Mike Williams was finally a full participant last I saw, and Keenan Allen should be back in the mix, so that does switch up the dynamic for Los Angeles a little bit. you got to think it gives them a puncher's chance, and Miami's going to be hungry after their embarrassing offensive performance. I kind of like the over in this game. Miami's defense is dreadful. They're like 27th against the pass, according to DVOA. And we know the Chargers are pretty dreadful defensively themselves. They're allowing opposing running backs most yards per rush attempt at 5.4. So I think Miami's going to get a good mix of running the ball and passing it after that poor performance, and they're not going to be able to do anything to stop Tyree Kill and Waddle. So I would only look at the over in this game, and I would consider props for Herbert. I didn't see them listed yet, but his completions and attempts, if you get his completions at like 23-and-a-half, 24-and-a-half, I'd play over. If you get his attempts like 37-and-a-half, I would also play that over because realistically they'll be trailing, needing to play catch-up, and he'll have to throw the ball more. Danny, it's college football, the finale. A thought from you here on Army-Navy, minus 2-and-a-half. And And, uh, I guess personal preference – uh, where are you at here? Are you an Army or a Navy guy? <laughs> it's wherever I think the money is going to be the strongest, right? You know, there's no, uh, there's no allegiance unless I feel pretty strong conviction with it. But um, I don't know. The, the trend is always to bet the under, but the books have adjusted it so much. Uh, Navy's kind of been a little bit more. They had the higher expectations coming into this year, it felt like, and they've been a tad bit more consistent. So, you know, for this year, I'll be riding Team Navy, if anything. Again, it's not a consistent allegiance, but for this season's purpose, I think I'll have to go with the midshipmen. Well, Danny, can you believe the total in this one is set at 32.5 points? That's, that's, that, that's like <laughs> Iowa levels of low. That's right. I mean, it goes down each year because everybody just consistently bets the under. There's like six passes total in the game. So it makes sense. But now because it's adjusted so much, I don't really want to get involved. So that's why I would only look to bet the uh, spread. But if you do want to do the total, wait to see if there's quick scoring and it adjusts higher, and then you could attack the under at a better price. Danny, let's, let's switch up sports here. Have you been doing anything with the World Cup? It's getting exciting. We're into the quarterfinals. A, a thrilling game this morning between Brazil and Croatia, where Croatia takes down Brazil in, uh, in penalties. Have you been touching the World Cup? Is that something you, you like to bet on? Uh, I made a bet with U.S. when they got through the group stage against Iran. I did them on the money line in the under two and a half, so I was lucky to get in on that. I live bet uh, Morocco the other day, which was awesome to see that goalie step up in PKs. And then I just have a futures bet on Argentina at plus 550, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I know it. I kind of just get involved like randomly if I'm feeling a little bit bored or have more time. But it's not, it hasn't been too bad with betting it, you know, kind of picky and choosy and referring to some of my friends who know about it more than I do. But I'll be sweating out Messi and company throughout the rest of the way. Hopefully they can cash in that futures ticket for me. Danny, that was going to be my pick. I was going to let you know. I, I, I like the storybook finish to, to Messi's Beautiful. career in Europe to go win the World Cup. He's been on the bench a lot of the year. He looks like he's going to make a move to Miami FC and come over to the MLS. Seems like that storybook finish, he's on pace for uh, a couple man of the matches here and had a great game today. And I, I don't know, I kind of like Argentina to win it all. Something about that seems like a storybook finish to Messi's career. That's what I like to hear, baby. We'll be sweating it out together. Ten seconds. Who wins the Heisman? Ooh. <laughs> I, if they let Max Duggan sneak it in, I actually think he would have the best chance. But I think at this point, Caleb Williams probably still gets the nod. Danny Burke, Visa and Sports Network. Danny, thanks. 
You got it, guys. Appreciate it. Good stuff from Danny Burke. We'll wind down this first hour. Bill Dolman, Brady Altman's Clasburn on the way next hour with his naughty or nice list. It's Hale Varsity Radio. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught pre-teen Swedish boy. Back in one final time this first hour, it's Hale Bar City Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, at Herbal Essence, and at uh, C underscore Clark underscore 27. Hour two. No, no I handle did. in front I of you this, this week. Yeah, we'll have to do the handles next week. Uh, Bill Dolman checks in, and uh, I had to pour old Bill a, a beer last night to calm him down uh, with the uh, potential of the three-three-five defense. <laughs> so, uh, Pride of Fairbury will be with us, talk to, to Bill Dolman, get his take also on Nebraska-Purdue, and then uh, Brady Oltman, staff writer with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, he's got a story coming out in the new issue of Hale Varsity Magazine on the 335 and uh, some great research by Brady. Also a monster weekend of visitors for Nebraska. Uh, obviously some portal guys uh, that Nebraska's in on and uh, some 2023 targets. Elijah, are you reading much into some tweets from Nick Henrich and uh course rhymers both of nebraska's remaining inside linebackers well for the uh the younger audience i'll let you know nick henrich and, and luke rhymer seem to be subtweeting and for the older audience subtweeting is essentially uh talking trash about somebody without directly saying it's about them and indirectly tagging them in the post so we don't know that it just feels like a subtweet moment it feels like a subtweet moment a when, whatever two guys Nick and Luke, who play next to each other, tweet the exact same Bible verse. It's Proverbs 18.24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who clicks, who sticks closer than a brother. That is the Bible verse that they both posted along with some photos of them together. And uh, whenever you read into that, you ask yourself, man, who is the unreliable friend who soon comes to ruin? Oh, could it be a one... Former Husker linebacker now into the transfer we, portal, potentially going to Iowa. Not going to name any names here because I can't confirm it, but damn, it sure sounds like it. Yeah, I'm just hoping the peer pressure, uh, if you're a Nebraska fan, makes one that is wondering uh, stop and come back home. <laughs> I mean, he's fun to cover, man. Ernest was a ton of fun to cover. Well, I, I know see- Michigan's, on, Michigan's on his radar. He visited Iowa last night. And uh, kind of got the tour as the Hawkeye basketball game was ongoing. And, and so there was some, it, some social media, some so-called recruiting experts who, who put in predictions today saying that they believe Ernest Hausman is going to Iowa. That'd be a, a huge get for Iowa and I think a huge letdown for Husker fans. But with Ernest Hausman, he's got all the talent in the world, so I don't think he's going to have a, a shortage of suitors. I, I think the Husker fans that would much prefer an SEC-type next stop for Ernest Hausman as opposed to anyone in the Big Ten. But... Really, I, I think Husker fans would pick Minnesota or Wisconsin over Iowa. Iowa would just is it's too close to home, and it would hurt a little bit, hurt a lot of it. 
Uh, Josie Jewell, NFL, great linebacker at Iowa. Jack Campbell's going to be a first-round guy. Won the butt kiss last night or two days ago or whenever it was. So uh, there's a, a good core of linebackers that have come out of Iowa City for sure. So that, that makes sense if you are going to leave to look at either of those locations. Hour two is on the way. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency Bill Dolman next. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbold, Connor Clark. We welcome in the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, and the professor. Semester 1 done, we say hi to Bill Dolman. Find him on Twitter, at Bill Dolman. Billy D., Elijah, Connor, O'Shawn Mathis, four minutes ago declaring four the NFL draft, so somebody else is going to have to come off the edge in that 3-3-5 defense next year for uh, for Mr. White and uh, the Black Shirt. It's been a crazy week, Bill. How are you? Thanks for jumping in. You know, it has been kind of a crazy week. Um, I just decided to give everybody in my classes uh, A, as long as they didn't have uh, too many underscores in their Twitter handle. But anyway, I digress. Okay. Um, that, that feels a little too personal. <laughs> uh, That's good. I thought, I thought O'Shawn Mathis declared for the draft when he signed with Nebraska and said that uh, it looked like a, a great place to live for the next six months. So, so you're, you're, you're not shocked or, or, or horrified by this news, huh? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, because he, he he said that that you know it'd be a great place to be for the next few months. I'm like, well, okay, well, I think we know what the plan is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that does. I don't think that surprises anybody, especially after he said what after the Iowa game. I'm kind of leaning that way, uh, but you know, it, it. What I'm I'm curious is to what his stock will be. You know, after whatever bowl games he you know post game postseason All Star games he plays in. I'm not sure if he. If he can or if he's eligible, I, I, I don't know the uh, logistics of all that, but what will his stock be? You know, after his time at TCU, he was, you know, a hot commodity. Um, did he have a dominant season at Nebraska? I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. 
Did he play well at times and play better as the season went on? I think that's that's probably true. But is he the surefire first-round pick that people thought he was um, prior to his time at Nebraska? I, I don't know. So some of these guys who enter the portal or enter the draft, you know, they, they're really gambling on where they're going to end up. For the guys who declare for the draft, where are they going to end up on those three days? For those guys who declare for the transfer portal, you know, statistics bear out that 50% or fewer go from one FC, FBS program to another and have, you know, any kind of success. And the numbers are actually against those who go into the portal and try to find another place to play. Well, well, Bill, is it a bigger gamble to leave Nebraska and go to the draft or go to the transfer portal, or is it a bigger gamble to stick around whenever you know that this coaching staff has said they're going to bring in some talent, there's going to be a lot of changes, and, I mean, if, if you were a starter last year, there's going to be nothing guaranteed moving forward under a new coaching staff. So it's really a gamble either way, is it not? There should there should be no guarantees ever, right? I mean, if, if you are the guy and you're the best player, then you should be – the starter used to be the one who sees, you know, significant playing time. And maybe the most uh, uh, notable example that comes to my mind is in terms of, well, you've been here the longest, so you should be the starter and we can't let somebody else come in. If you go back way back, uh, I think Mark Maurer was the starting quarterback for Nebraska back in 1981. And eventually after a few games, so one and two start, eh, maybe we ought to play this Gill kid out of Fort Worth, Texas. That turned out okay. 19, uh, what was it, 92. Mike Grant was the starter for Nebraska. Things didn't go very well. Offense was sputtering. Maybe we should let this true freshman out of Florida. Give him a shot, see what he can do. Two national championships later and should have been a third. You know, Nebraska did pretty well. If you're the best player, it should not necessarily be by seniority, especially in this era of college football. The best guy's got to play. The most experienced guy's got to play. The most... uh, uh, reliable guys have to play. Whatever makes you the starter, you should be the starter. So is is Mathis looking at this new 2-2-7 scheme Nebraska's going to run defensively and saying, I can't I can't be dominant there, so I'm going to go to the NFL? Oh, okay. If that's what you think is best, good luck. And really, good luck to you. Okay, I really want to get you worked up here now, Bill. I'm going to pretend that you didn't make fun of my Twitter handle and, and my grade in, in your <laughs> fantasy class, but what do you think? I haven't had Connor in class, but I know people. Well, the word gets out. What do you think of the new defensive scheme? Uh, I want to hear. I want to hear all the thoughts that, that you have on the the three three five, the the two two eight. Whatever. The new coach, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I've been reading message boards, and there's a lot of uh, you know fifty fifty on the new hire, and you know, you know Jeff out of Shickley and Maury out of Howells. They don't really like the the pick so much, and I. I really got to rely on what they're saying on Facebook and thinking, gosh, I don't know if Matt Rule knows what he's doing. And, you know, the criticism is about hiring, bringing Raiola back. There's some people out in Gibbon that I, I think they probably know best as to what, you know, Matt Rule should do and as, as he puts his staff together at Nebraska. And, and I guess I'm of the opinion is maybe Matt Rule should be allowed to hire who he wants to hire, who he's comfortable with who he finds will be the best fit for his staff. Is he getting everybody that he uh, that was that he wanted or are people staying put? Maybe. Uh, but if you go if you follow anything going on at Syracuse right now, they are ready to uh, abandon football altogether with the loss of Tony White. I mean, they're, they're somewhat despondent by that. 
So I suppose that's a fairly good sign. Um, does anybody really know what the 335 is, or do they just look it up on Wikipedia and got this Cliff Notes version as to just how to operate the 335? Because there are a lot of defensive coordinators and around the Husker Nation that I'm finding out that know a lot more about football than, you know, the people that they hired to run the program. Well, well Bill, is the best way to put it that Husker fans right now just have trust issues? They've been hurt before, and <laughs> and they were told Mike Riley and this, that, well, it's going to be the future of college football in Nebraska, and then, well, that didn't turn out to be the case. And Scott Frost, the Big Ten's going to have to adjust us, and, well, maybe not. Maybe you're going to have to adjust your system to the Big Ten. Is the best way to put it just that Husker fans have trust issues with what they've been told? They are worried, man. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a really uh, interesting way to put it. I, I suppose that that might be true, but you know there are so many people that uh, are, are sitting around Husker. I hate the term Husker Nation or Jayhawk Nation or Wolverine Nation. There are a lot of fans all around the country who are sitting in basements, face painting on a Tuesday in uh, in December, uh, Friday in December thinking that they know everything and they, and they, and they just don't, you know, they don't know the personnel. They don't know how well people are going to adjust to the coaching. You know, football season really needs to get here so that we can put these debates for the next, what, 10 months, nine months or what, uh, to rest. Yeah. Trust issues is a great way to put it, but boy, people sure think they know a lot more than those who do it for a living. No, I, mean, I know, the... I know exactly what's going on, but I'm not going to share it. <laughs> Bill Dolman with us, uh, NBC Sports Pride of Fairbury, the professor, Hale Varsity Radio, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, let's get your thought. You've spent a lot of time in the Mountain West, so you know the Rocky Long, San Diego State coaching tree that that birthed this um, 3-3-5. Let's bring it back to Coach White. And it, could it be, and I want your take on this, uh, we all love the option, and we know what kind of pain in the neck it is for defenses to to prep for. If you play one option team a year, flip it around, not everyone's running a 3-3-5, right? So uh, could it be problematic for an offense to prep for? Uh, and Nebraska is going to be unique and different. And if they recruit to it and develop to it, it, it could be uh, the, the type of attacking defense that, that came on the scene 30 years ago. That, that, that type of mentality, but also – uh, the emphasis on speed. I don't think it's as dramatically different in, in preparing in a, in a team having a 12-game schedule, and then there's that one team that runs the option at an extraordinarily high level like Nebraska did, uh, Air Force, Army. It, 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 it is completely different. And Bobby Houck, who's the head coach at Montana, told me a long time ago, and several times actually, that the option is the greatest offense ever devised in football. The problem is finding people who can run it at a very, very high level so that you can win with it consistently on the offensive line at quarterback and quarterbacks who are willing to run it. You know, that's just not the way football is played these days. But if you do run it and you run it well, uh, it, it can be almost impossible to stop. The three-three-five, I don't think is dramatically as different, but you still have concerns, especially if that team on the other side has big, athletic, fast linebackers that can create problems with angles that you may not be used to if you're lining up against as everybody's worried about it being in the big 10 where you just have smash mouth football big offensive linemen against big defensive linemen if you've got sizable linebackers and fast guys like that that can really create some issues especially i think in early parts of the game because 
you're not you've had to get used to that speed and then once offenses figure out okay here's how maybe we can stop it you might be you know a couple of quarters in and who knows what the scores at that time so i don't think it's as dramatic as trying to stop everything in the middle of the season and prepare for a great option attack but it can cause problems if that team defensively has the right athletes to play it Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Bill, how close do you think Nebraska is to having the right athletes to play in the 3-3-5? I think there needs to be more speed on the defense, and maybe you have that around and you need better development within the program to, to bring that out of some athletes. But how close do you think this defense realistically can be to running the 3-3-5 successfully? One thing that I think that, that, that plays into Nebraska's favor in this is I think that there are some pretty good athletes in this program. I think the fresh start is just going to energize guys defensively. You went through Eric Chenander, Bill Bush is a great coach, and you had so much tumult last season. I think with Tony White coming in and the Matt Rule staff and the fresh air in the program at the, right now, that when they get into to winter conditioning and spring football, that, that that's just going to allow this team to maybe uh, feel some synergy I think that's really, really important that everybody's just going to be on the same page. Going to the last couple of seasons with Nebraska football, whether it's defense or offense or special teams, there's just one big, one big dark cloud of question marks overhead. I don't think we have that right now. And I think that freshness is going to help everybody play just a little bit better. And with guys may have the opportunity to play playing time that they wouldn't. I think that will certainly help. But they do need to have some big dudes up front in that that three-man front, those guys have to be good. They've got to be strong. They've got to be athletic and take up some space. I think those three, I think the defensive line positions are the, are the most critical for Nebraska to develop. Bill, with all the turnover in the coaching staff and on the rosters, well, how important is it for the guys in the offensive line room to have Donovan Royola come back? I know it's a surprise to a lot of Husker fans that he is being retained, but what does that do for that group in that O-line room? Well, it certainly was a surprise to the experts on Facebook. I, I, I will give you that. Uh, I think that's significant. Um, you know, I think we all saw toward the second half, you know, the second half of the season, the firing aside, it, it just never seemed like that offense. Granted, Casey Thompson was hurt, but Mark Whipple, I don't think had, you know, had some great games as an offensive coordinator. Was everybody on the same page ever? Did we really get a good idea of uh, what Donovan Royola can do with an offensive line? Can anybody really gauge that with the naked eye unless, you know, you you consistently look at offensive lines? The Nebraska offensive line was beat up. I think there were a couple of key injuries, guys playing out of place. No Cam Jurgens. I think that was so huge for this that offensive line this year, the loss of Cam Jurgens to the NFL. Uh, had he come back for another season, things might have been entirely different. So I think just like I was talking about with guys on the defense, I think for Don Royola, this is a, an opportunity to have a, a fresh start. Not that, you know, he had, I, I don't think he probably had a bad start with Nebraska, but something fresh, new staff, a coach that really wants him there. And uh, I, I think that's real positive for this team going forward. I don't think we'll ever know just how – much of a cluster it was between Frost, Whipple, and Riola. Your OC and your O-line coach, to your point about same page, I, I think it was, uh, it was uh, oil and water. And I think uh, the, the oil um, 
like to be in the oil. You know what I mean? So well, he said Bill, the, he's famous in the press conference. I guess when I'm a, not a nice guy, that's when I'm at my best. Well, might have been in, in his own mind, but I, it just never seemed like anything was together. And for Donovan Royola, this I think is a is a great opportunity. He wants Matt Rule wants you here, okay? And you're still a legacy to Nebraska with the Royola name. You've got pride in the program because of your family. You've got guys coming back who I think believe in him. I, I never heard any negative, mm-hmm. uh, negative feedback from players about him. So I think it's I think it's positive that he's coming back. Bill, real quick prediction: Number four, Purdue comes into town tomorrow. Fred's bringing the pizza, and uh, Nebraska can do what tomorrow uh, against Purdue? Well, who came pretty close to nailing it last weekend when we were talking about Nebraska and Creighton? I said they could play within 10, and I was certainly dead on about that. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think, the, I think the Nixon tape does call a 10-point win from Bill Dolman. It's been edited, and it sounds, yeah, Nebraska by 10. I said they had a puncher's chance, and they mm-hmm. threw that punch, and they knocked him out, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, why, why not? You, you're, you're back home. Uh, you certainly don't have the size to match up with Purdue. Uh, I don't. I don't think we've seen a player like that in basketball since Yao Ming. That guy is a mm-hmm. is a as a barn wall. But hey, you're at home. Make some shots. Throw some haymakers. And why not? Why not win it? Bill Dolman, Brad of Fairberry. Thanks for jumping in with us, bud. We'll talk next week. All right. Merry Christmas. Go Big Red. There he is, Bill Dolman, with us. Brady Altman's coming up here on Hale Varsity. Like what you hear. High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and Brady Altman, staff writer, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Get that subscription ordered today. And can log on, save $10 with your annual subscription to Hale Varsity Magazine and .com. Get the bundle, the digital, the print, and the uh, code is GBR when you go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Brady, good to see you, man. Thanks for jumping on the, uh, the stream with us. Big weekend of official visitors we'll get to in just a moment. But you've been working, uh, been slaving away on the, uh, the, the the numbers of the day, and that's 3-3-5. Three, three, You've got a really cool feature coming up without giving the whole thing away. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of your research for uh, a feature you have coming up here on Nebraska's new defensive coordinator, Mr. Wh- Mr. White, uh, yeah, science, and uh, also uh, just some of the, I don't know, the ins and outs here, what Nebraska's walking into potentially. Yeah, so um, I I did some digging once it kind of became apparent that um, Tony White was going to be the guy. Um, 
and he he's got a really interesting background i know a little bit about it he's a disciple of rocky long i know a little bit about rocky uh just from my my years over in wyoming covering mountain west and everything um it's it's really interesting it's it's not what you think it's going to be when i think the initial twitter reaction when they see 335 they think it's you know just three down linemen and then three kind of speedy linebackers going wherever but the thing that tony white does and has done since taking over at Syracuse is shuffle the guys around and he brings in um, different packages. Sometimes they can disguise it and it'll look like a bear front where they've got, you know, two of those linebackers that kind of come in, they close gap in space and attack the line of scrimmage. Whereas maybe some of those, you know, the two defensive ends that are stand up in a two point stance drop back into coverage. Um, maybe they'll shift things around and they just, they, they disguise it really well, but they also play really aggressively with it. Um, that's one of the little tweaks that White has done with his version of the 3-3-5 is make it a lot more aggressive and let guys kind of float, float around. Uh, so I, I kind of did a little bit of research looking back at it, the origins of how not just the formation itself, but how White approached it through Rocky Long and through his mentors and how he's kind of adapted it and made his own and uh, to possibly give Husker fans a little bit better idea of what they might be looking at. Brady, in your opinion, how much roster turnover is going to be needed on this defense to make the 3-3-5 work? I think there's a few guys that, that do kind of fit like a glove. I, I think of Isaac Gifford, and we saw Jamari Butler coming back today. I think he's another guy who fits. But which guys fit, which guys don't, and how much roster turnover do you think is going to be needed? Um, I think Javen, Javen Wright is going to be another guy I think that could easily fit into that system and scheme. Um, I'd be curious to see what um, Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich um, do in that i think they could adapt very well to it uh they they do have just a solid group of linebackers i think if ernest hausman decides to come back to nebraska from the portal that would be a big get obviously to, to kind of fill out more depth there but then you've got um like oshawn mathis just declared for the draft um that's kind of a hit i think he would have fit in well there but the guys that they have at the edge right now, Jamari, um, Garrett Nelson, I think would fit in well there. And then they, they, they do have a very talented group of guys in the secondary that can kind of float around, you know, Buford, Newsom, guys like that, I think that could really thrive in that system. Brady Oltman is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Brady, do you think that this new defensive scheme has a bigger learning curve than maybe learning, say, a 3-4 as opposed to a 4-3? Or what's your take on that? It could. It definitely potentially could. Um, but to put it in a little bit of perspective, the three three five was something that that Matt Rule kind of picked up. He implemented it at Baylor. That was what he wanted to do to kind of help rebuild that system. He is familiar with White. He's one of the very few coaches that he hasn't coached alongside. But White was a linebacker when Rule was a defensive lines coach at UCLA. So there is some crossover there, and that's how they know each other. So it's it's going to be really interesting. I think um, the guys that are kind of on the fence, not knowing if they'll fit in, they now see the system that they're going to be looking at. I think a lot of them are going to be looking at film and deciding if their skills fit in well there. Um, it's it's a it's a defense that can lead to finesse and match up well against finesse, but also. I'm really fascinated to see because on paper it can definitely match up well with the Iowa's and Wisconsin's and Minnesota's um, of the Big Ten West. Brady, lay out if you can how that's the that's the freak out. It's the freak out at the grocery store. It's the freak out on message boards. It's the freak out on Twitter. It's the freak out on the phone lines. Uh, how pray tell can the three three five match up physically? 
with Iowa, with Wisconsin, assuming Wisconsin stays bully ball, and, uh, of course, Minnesota. We'll see Syracuse without White against Minnesota this bowl season. Yeah, it's, it's going to kind of really be interesting to see how it all maps out um, because initially it was – initially when it was installed at New Mexico and San Diego State, it was a way of, of schools to u- utilize their athleticism and their speed to overcompensate what they lacked in size against teams like USC and UCLA and those power schools. Now when you see it kind of implemented um, a little bit at Iowa State, um, a little bit at, at – um, I think who was it? Uh, Oklahoma it was some, and TCU, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they'd implemented a little bit, a lot more than you know, kind of your base level that you'd get with Tony White over at Syracuse. But even then, you're talking only a true three three five, uh, less than half of defensive snaps. So it's it's going to be really interesting in the personnel scheme and matchup. But today, the the college football athlete and the college football defender, front seven, anybody is going to be more athletically gifted i mean they're going to be able to pack that walloping punch while also being able to spread the field a little bit more than they were 10 15 years ago you know um i mean one of the guys that stood out initially for uh this system at new mexico was a guy that could you know clobber running backs but also drop into coverage that guy was brian erlacher and it turned out pretty well for him so that's the kind of evolving world that this system is now leaning towards and working in. And yeah, you've got some big uglies up front, but when you're given some of those backers and the guys closing in a three yard head start to build up some steam and push into them while they're shooting off the line, it's going to be really interesting to see how that sizes up. Brady, something I brought up back in hour one, and I want to pose the question to you and see if I'm onto something or if I'm way off target. As I said, I think this could be Matt Rule looking ahead to the future and thinking the 3-3-5 could be the future for defenses of college football maybe for the next decade or so. Would you agree with that sentiment just with how flexible the defense can be that it could be the, the future for the wider world of college football? Well, it's going to be really interesting. It definitely could be. Uh, I think the the real uncertainty with this, and Matt Rule kind of alluded to it in his introductory um, press presser, was that not only do you have to win in the Midwest, you know, in November and December, and you have to be built for it, you're going to have to be able to win in the East Coast. You're, and in two years, you're going to have to be able to win in California at some point. So this is, I think, a, a unique blend of that, but it's also a way of they can make it a bare front and a strictly a run-stop fit gap scheme with per, with the proper personnel if they wanted it to be, or they can you know make it a fast spread centric way to stop pass first kind of way depending on the personnel that they've got out there. So, I mean, it's I, I see where Husker fans got concerned because it's not a stereotypical black shirts you know big tough defense up front, but it it definitely can be with the right personnel and with the right um, tweak of aggression that Tony White likes to use. Brady, uh, last time I saw a Bear defense was an arrowhead. It was Rex Ryan. He was the defensive coordinator in 1998 for Oklahoma State, one of the Ryan brothers anyway, uh, Beer Gut and, and Mullet. So I get them confused. But they, they ran a Bear defense against uh, Solich's squad, and uh, Nebraska won by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin on a goal line stand. So the Bear defense uh, can, can really mess with you. Uh, big weekend to visit, visitors. Want to get uh, get some takes from you on uh, some of the guys here portal-wise. You have Cornelius, the offensive tackle. Sims, the quarterback. Elijah Judy, also the edge uh, man from, from A&M. What's your gut tell you here as far as Nebraska 
being able to land one of those three? Do you think it's uh, it's better than good? Um, I think it's better than good if they can get at least one. Um, Cornelius is interesting uh, because that is kind of the Matt Rule guy that he likes to get in. I mean, a standout at Rhode Island, he's got a couple of years of eligibility left. Um, he's He's built for that next leap. And that's mm-hmm. something that Matt Rule wants to do is, is give them that last step. Um, Sims is interesting to me just in the sense of he's going to offer you something different than like, say, a Casey Thompson would. He's, he's just a, a different kind of quarterback. And I wonder if he fits more in with the Marcus Satterfield style of offense in that way. But I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't got a good read on him. And then um, Judy, I, I want to say Nebraska's got a good inroads with him. I think that he, he likes Nebraska so far. Um, obviously, that can change or become cemented um, after the weekend. Mm-hmm. But I, I, he's a tough one to read. Um, but he does have more years of eligibility, and I think the three-three-five might also lead into something that he would he thinks that he would fit in well with. Cornelius, uh, offensive tackle uh, that, that is from Rhode Island, just to give you a position uh, point, uh, 2023 targets, a leaner feel on, on Malachi. I know the Buffs have visited. I know Michigan's visited. Syracuse even visited. Uh, Mal- East was busy yesterday. Yeah, I, I'm very – my hat's off to, to Lincoln East and how they've handled this because this is probably the most, you know, attention and the most uh, three-quarter zips that they've had walk through that building in quite some time. But Malachi's, it's really fascinating because, you know, some of his top choices when he was picking out hats and chose Nebraska initially, we haven't really seen as much from them anymore. I think maybe they've cycled through or have cut their losses or have or they're waiting to make their final push. Um, but you're also talking, you know, Georgia and Oregon and schools that it's it's a trek to get to Lincoln, especially in, in December when you're thinking, you know, early push for the early signing day. But if if I if I were a betting man or if I were to to kind of give a lean here, I would probably say Nebraska's got En-ROADS just because that's where he committed before. He responded well to Matt Rule during an in-home visit. And they I think they they think about life in a similar way. But Having said that, I mean, a lot of college football changes every day. And it, when, when you've got Coach Prime out there, anything can happen. Brady, last thought here, about 30 seconds. Cameron Linhart's a name that former Husker uh, recruit, a lot of Husker fans know. Well, what do you think the Matt Rule's chances are with a guy like Cameron Linhart? I think he could like – I think Cameron could really like Matt um, in his system and with that defense in the three-three-five again. I think with a guy that's athletic, speedy, able to kind of move bodies the way that he's able to do on the edge, I think he might lean Nebraska on that way. Well, don't forget the New York connection, Staten <laughs> yeah, Island. So uh, there you go. Be sure to check out Brady Oltman's story this weekend. Hail Varsity Magazine, great uh, research and info on the three-three-five and coach white brady have a weekend bud thanks for the time today yeah man always appreciate it all right there we go clausburn his naughty and nice list next and now and now back to hail varsity radio back with you it's hail varsity radio or presented by currency chris schmidt elijah herbal Connor clark and uh instead of uh, the friday forecast we are going to shift towards uh some uh, some holiday theme and uh welcome in uh, he's imaginary he wears red in every 
December, he does a naughty and nice list. It is the infamous Clausburn. And Elijah, you specifically picked White Christmas for him. Oh, of course, because we were talking last week uh, about Claus getting caught at the border. He had some uh, some balloons in some uh, <laughs> inside areas of his body that they caught him with. Let's, no, no, no. I mean, you just swallow balloons. Well, you swallowed the balloons, and it was filled with some, something that was a little bit white, maybe a white powder, a baking soda of sorts. So, white Christmas yeah. it is. Claus, how are we doing? Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Well, Merry Christmas to you and all of the fine listeners of Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, the music's a little, there we go, I can hear a little better. Uh, I do have to say, I, I apologize if you tried calling earlier. I'm a little preoccupied trying to uh, add to uh, Matt Rule's care packages he's sending to former players. I thought I'd get a rectal stick remover slipped into some of those for some of these guys who seem to be unhappy about everything, so working on getting that done. <laughs> Claus, let's start off with the uh, the naughty or nice list and what gift uh, you are set to give this holiday season. We'll start off with former coach Scott Frost. Well, I suppose I should probably put Scott on the naughty list. I don't know how you can be on a nice list when you lose to Georgia Southern, but I've got a long relationship with Scott, and so I decided to put together a little gift basket for him, even though he's on the naughty list. Of course, you have to start out with an industrial-sized bag of Red Man, so he can keep that cheek filled all holiday season long. (laughs) And then I went all out at the local sporting goods store on some fishing gear, because I figured if... We could get him some of that. Maybe next time he's on the lake, he'll be too preoccupied with that to do anything else, allegedly. You're not going to shell out for a a personal golden tee? Well, I feel like those are relatively inexpensive at the local Nebraska Furniture Mart, so he can probably take care of that with himself with the extra $7 million he got (laughs) by being a week or so early. (laughs) Claus is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, the naughty or nice list and holiday gift giving from Clausburn. Claus, up next, uh, Matt Rule. What what are you getting, uh, Matt Rule, this this holiday season? Well, I don't obviously know Matt too well yet, and so initially I thought, well, maybe we can get him a nice red smock to wear on Saturdays, or maybe some beard oil to help the sides come in a little bit better than they already are. But after hearing his introductory press conference, I figured I better get him a copy of the rule book where you catch the ball out of bounds. It is not a catch. So he can maybe revisit his thoughts on Penn State's 1982 national championship and we can get off on some better footing. Claus, let's keep the uh, the Nebraska theme going here, and let's uh, move to the next on the list. Trev Alberts. What are you getting Trev Alberts for Christmas this year? Well, for Trev, I got him a nice brass polishing kit because I figure he's going to need something to keep the set he's walking around with clean. Keep it when together, you fire a native son for seven million dollars more than you have to, you got to be carrying some that drag on the ground. So, 
I figure he'll put that to good use. And I got him a little side gig, some passive income, protecting the Coca-Cola recipe and the original 11 herbs and spices because that guy knows how to keep a secret. So I feel like he'll have a very Merry Christmas. Schmitty's still dying laughing, so I guess I'll move on here with our Not Your Nice list and give Schmitty some time to recover, and let's move uh, a little bit west, and oh, Schmitty's got himself muted. He's dying laughing. I don't think we're going to be hearing from him for the rest of the segment. Let's, uh, let's move west here, Claus, and uh, let's go to Colorado. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, Not Your Nice, what are you getting him for Christmas this year? Well, I think Dion needs to be on the nice list. He did a lot for the historically black colleges and university football programs while he was at Jackson State. And so for Christmas this year, I'll be getting Dion an interview at the Boulder Daily Camera to possibly get him a paper route because that's the only way that he's ever going to get the kind of money that Colorado promised him. That works. Uh, Claus is with us. It's the annual tradition of giving holiday gifts in the naughty or nice list with Claus Byrne. He's imaginary. He wears red of, of Friday forecast fame. Claus, how about Donnie Raiola? Anything for Donnie? Well, I feel like Matt Rule already gave him a gift that was way more than anybody ever expected by keeping him on the staff, so... Maybe a nice fruitcake or something. He'll need to need to have a few of those to keep that boyish figure he's got working with. Like that, that works. I like that. Uh, Claus Burns with us here. It's his naughty or nice list as we determine what Claus is getting everyone for Christmas this year. And Claus, my last one, I went west to Coach Dion. Let's go east now to the state of Iowa, the Ferentz family, and specifically Brian Ferentz. Naughty, nice. What are you getting him this year? Well, for Nebraska's purposes, I'd say Brian's on the nice list. Uh, so I thought I'll I'll go ahead and get him a playbook that has more than just the goal line set in it. So maybe he can run a few pass plays or a few uh, different things besides running it up the middle. And maybe they'll score more than 10 points a game this next season. <clears throat> all except for one, we hope. And then I know it's tough when you're a coach and you're putting in all that time to go shopping for your own family. So I got him the complete DVD set of Yellowstone to give to his father so that he can relate to somebody who's also very disappointed in his son. (laughs) (laughs) Claus is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Claus, uh, naughty or nice list, and what did you get him? Nick Saban, out of the playoff and uh, relegated to just a New Year's Day six bowl game, the Sugar Bowl against K-State. Must be really rough for young Nicholas, I swear. He, he's had a hard time this year. And so I put together a gift basket for him as well that includes an industrial size package of Kleenex, as well as the world's smallest violin, and a <laughs> book on ornithology. Because you would figure as much time as he spends around that duck, he would have learned by now that what's good for the goose is good for the gander. But I suppose he forgot that lesson somewhere along the way. So I hope he enjoys that trip to, is it New Orleans? Oh, what a mm-hmm. terrible place to be around New Year's, I imagine. Claus Burns with us here. Claus, hang on. We'll uh, wrap up uh, with you. I'm sure there's a gift for Elijah Herbal and one Connor Clark. and. 
Claus always finds a way to, to get me something. We'll figure out if I've been on the naughty or nice list. So, Claus, hang, hang tight for us. All right? Okay. Claus is going to hang tight. I'm sure uh, there's something for Elijah's stocking, Connor's stocking, and more of the gift-giving from one Clausburg. On Hale Varsity, we're presented by Currency. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Reminder to buckle up. Using your seatbelt saves lives and prevents injuries only if properly worn. Uh, Make sure you buckle up this holiday season. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We bring Clausburn back in. It's the naughty or nice list as we uh, get in the holiday mood. Uh, Are we doing White Christmas now here, Connor? Is that the tune? It's the same, yes. White oh, it's the same one. Okay, same I didn't one. hear the beginning of it. Claus, uh, we'll, we'll wind down here. What did you get Elijah Herbal for the uh, the Christmas season? Is he on the naughty or nice list? Well, Elijah's on the nice list. I mean, he's got to co-host a program with you, and so he's put in his time for sure. And from what I've gathered from all your trips abroad and all over uh, all over Nebraska, Elijah's a bit pretty good bourbon fan, and so... You may be surprised to learn that one of the many things that Bob left me besides the job uh, was some good bourbon connections. So <clears throat> I got him a bottle of Dickel as well as the overtime rules, because even though they have been explained before every overtime game since overtime became a thing, apparently earlier this year, Elijah still thought that games could end in the tie. So. To avoid embarrassment, I'll have a copy of that stuff uh, nicely in his stocking this year. That hurts. Mm. That, that did happen, though. Uh, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> what's, what's old Connor Clark get, Claus? Well, for Connor, I've got a nice deck of cards, some mis- mismatched tumblers, a few nice little books that I found. I'll be honest, much like you guys, I forgot about all the hard work Connor does, so... I just started gift wrapping things I found around the house in a panic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. There you go. And and for Schmitty, for Schmitty, naughty, nice. What what are you getting him? Well, Christopher, of course, has had me on this program for probably over a decade now. If I had to do uh, some back searching, I think it's been over a decade. So. I think that puts him on the nice list. But I've been a little bit worried about what to get him. I did see that very nice santa theme piece of lingerie that he purchased and i think he'll look good in it so what do you get for the man who has everything <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta lose to the annual gift of 365 thank you cards so he can write one to bill dolman every day for his career <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. 
I found some padded bicycle shorts for him to wear, so <clears throat> when Bunny is kicking his butt all over the house for not cleaning up or taking out the trash, it won't be quite so painful in 2023. <laughs> Claus, that's beautiful. Claus, we will uh, continue to send uh, <clears throat> biodegradable balloons for your holiday gift. <laughs> we, uh, we appreciate you, and we'll check in here down the road, all right? Okay. Love him. There he is, Clausburn. He's imaginary. He's he wears red, and uh, he started doing the uh, gift giving segment with us twelve years ago. Me and Nick Hanley. It was good stuff. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning at seven a.m. with Hale Varsity. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. A Huda Media Production.